This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Reports emerged of residents in four Russian-controlled parts of Ukraine being coerced into voting in favor of joining Russia after referendums began on Friday. Ukrainian officials said that people were being intimidated by armed groups, forbidden from leaving certain areas until polls close on Tuesday, or threatened with losing their jobs. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said that the results would be, quote, unequivocally condemned. The G7 group of rich countries called the referendums a sham. The value of the pound plummeted and markets scrambled after Kwasi Kwarteng, Britain's new chancellor of the exchequer, announced huge tax cuts and increases in borrowing. The pound fell by more than 3% to its lowest level against the dollar in 37 years. Larry Summers, America's former Treasury Secretary, said Britain was acting, quote, like an emerging market, turning itself into a submerging market. America's government said it would allow tech firms to operate more freely in Iran to try to help citizens there bypass Internet restrictions. Many American companies normally do not operate in Iran for fear of violating sanctions. But this week, the Iranian government cut off access to most of the Internet as part of a crackdown on widespread protests against religious restrictions on women. China's foreign ministry said that America was sending, quote, very wrong, dangerous signals on Taiwan after Antony Blinken, the American Secretary of State, met with Wang Yi, the Chinese foreign minister, on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly in New York. Mr. Blinken is said to have stressed the importance of maintaining peace over the island, which China claims as its own. Russia announced some exemptions from its civilian draft amid attempts by large numbers of men to leave the country and concerns from companies over staffing shortages. Many of those who work in technology, banking, and telecommunications will not be sent to the front line in Ukraine. Meanwhile, Russia's European neighbors, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland, collectively ruled out expanding their asylum categories to include fleeing Russians. Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, said the EU had, quote, tools to deal with under-democratic governments, a thinly-veiled warning to Italy ahead of its election on Sunday. A hard-right alliance led by Giorgia Maloney is expected to win. Matteo Salvini, the head of one of the parties in Miss Maloney's bloc, called the comments, quote, shameful arrogance. At least 36 people were killed during storms in 24 hours in Uttar Pradesh, a state in northern India, including 12 who were struck by lightning. In the past year, across India, there has been a 34% rise in the number of lightning strikes, which are made more likely by climate change increasing the temperature and the amount of moisture in the air. And word of the week, Nanaria Swift Day. The scientific name for a millipede given to honor Taylor Swift, the American pop star. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Schultz of Arabia 
Olaf Scholz, Germany's chancellor, is visiting three Gulf states this weekend in a bid to shore up energy supplies and dampen prices. With imports of oil and gas from Russia cut off and power-hungry firms and households facing steep winter bills, Europe's biggest economy is sliding towards a recession. Mr. Scholz will turn on the charm in Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and the United Arab Emirates, all big energy exporters, arguing that it is in their own long-term interest to calm markets and keep customers happy. Germany is particularly keen to secure liquefied natural gas deliveries from Qatar, which vies with America and Australia as the top exporter of the fuel. But the toughest meeting on Mr. Scholz's first visit to the region as chancellor may be with Mohammed bin Salman, the Saudi crown prince. The kingdom's record on human rights and its messy entanglement in Yemen's civil war have not endeared the Saudi leader to German public opinion. Political protests in Angola When supporters of Angola's main opposition party take to the streets on Saturday, they will know that their cause is just and their chances of success slim. The National Union for the Total Independence of Angola, UNITA, says last month's election was rigged by the ruling party and its former enemy in the country's civil war, the People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola, MPLA. UNITA has a case. Tallies collected by NGOs suggest the result was a near tie, yet the Electoral Commission announced that the MPLA won 51% of the vote. Without a majority, the party's grip on power would have been at risk. Alas, the courts, the commission, and, most importantly, Angola's security apparatus are all under its thumb. So UNITA's protests will probably be defeated peacefully or otherwise. The only comfort it can take is that given President João Lourenço's disappointing record, the opposition will only grow in strength in Africa's largest oil producer. Sydney, a new look at a Hollywood trailblazer. The rags-to-riches life story of Sidney Poitier, as recounted in a new documentary about the trailblazing actor just released, is as compelling a narrative as any in his films. Sir Sidney's parents were poor Bahamian tomato farmers. As a teenager, he was taught to read by a Jewish waiter in New York. He went on to become one of Hollywood's first black leading men, starring in hits like The Defiant Ones and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, the first black winner of an Academy Award for acting for Lilies of the Field, and a director of raucous comedies such as Stir Crazy. Oprah Winfrey, the documentary's producer, and other friends speak of him with love and respect. But the highlights of Sidney are the archive interviews with the actor himself, who died in January at the age of 94. The towering dignity and authority that made him a superstar can be seen in every clip. Juanes, a Colombian rock star, plays in America. Juanes returns to the American stage in San Diego on Saturday to promote his album Origen. The Colombian singer, a winner of three Grammy Awards and 26 Latin Grammys, will also release a new album in the coming months. His songs unite traditional Colombian rhythms with rock instrumentation, giving him rock star status in his homeland. Born in 1972 and growing up in 1980s Medellin, a city terrorized by Pablo Escobar's drug cartel and guerrilla fighters, music provided an emotional escape. Quote, we clung to it as if our lives depended on it, he recalled. His breakthrough hit was Fijate Bien, a song about Colombia's ubiquitous landmines. 
In 2008, his Peace Without Borders concerts attempted to create cross-border civilian unity amid the diplomatic crisis unfolding between Colombia, Ecuador, and Venezuela. His career spans a turbulent period of Colombian history, but also a time of change. Last month, Colombia's first-ever left-wing president took office. Weekend Profile William Kentridge, South African Artist Using just a stick of charcoal and a crisp sheet of white paper, William Kentridge tries to make sense of a messy world. Over and over, he traces a line, smudges it a little, rubs it out, and traces it anew. His mediums are many, his subjects wide-ranging. The Russian Revolution, the great colonial wars of the 20th century, the inequities of his native South Africa, first under apartheid and then democratic rule. Doubt, migration, and the slipperiness of history are recurring themes. Aged 67, Mr. Kentridge is in the flush of his career and having a moment. This month, quote, Self-Portrait as a Coffee Pot, a documentary series chronicling his studio practice, had its premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. In London, he is involved in three shows. A retrospective at the Royal Academy of Arts opening on Saturday is packed to the gunwales with his drawings, sculptures, and sets for theater and opera. Starting on October 6th, the Barbican will stage performances involving music and dance by South African artists developed at Mr. Kentridge's incubator in Johannesburg. Also next month, Goodman Gallery will screen Oh to Believe in Another World, a stop-motion film set to Dmitry Shostakovich's Tenth Symphony. Shostakovich composed the symphony around the time of Joseph Stalin's death. Its explosive second movement is said to evoke state terror. Mr. Kentridge uses marionettes to explore the composer's attitudes towards Stalin and the Soviet Union. The film resembles a collage. Like much of Mr. Kentridge's work, it implies that history itself is a process of alighting, distorting, and stitching things back together. For the impatient viewer, these works may be noisy and confusing, but it's worth persisting. Quote, One of the hard things to realize, says Mr. Kentridge, is the edge of who one is, of what your imagination can produce. The winners of this week's quiz Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners chosen at random from each continent were Asia Vyas Prasad, Singapore North America, Katya Butramova, Toronto, Canada Central and South America, Martin Whittle, Sao Paulo, Brazil Europe, Arvid Skalgen, Hamburg, Germany Africa, Alisa Green, Chauma, Zambia Oceania, Christopher and Annie Jones, Sydney, Australia They all gave the correct answers of Moths, Bass, Michael Foote, Moses Basket, and Hard Times the theme is that these are all words that can be used as prefixes for ball, mothball, baseball, football, basketball, and hardball. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword, designed for experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, here's the quote of the day from F. Scott Fitzgerald, who was born on this day in 1896. You don't write because you want to say something. You write because you have something to say. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. 
And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.